from Chowder. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Celtics Life Podcast. This is episode two. I am your host, Brandon. It is currently Thursday, almost 10 o'clock in the morning, and a lot has happened since yesterday. So we have a lot to talk about today. So I hope everyone's having a good morning so far. I just made myself a protein shake. We're already on our way. And let's just jump right into it. Before I cover the game, I want to talk about the trades that happened yesterday. So we seem to, the floodgates have seemed to open up as we all predicted. And first we're going to go over the Laker trade in which the three-team trade including the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and the Utah Jazz, the Lakers received D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Minnesota received Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and some sick-around picks. And Utah received Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and a first-round pick from the Lakers. So the Lakers were looking to dump Westbrook for a long time now, it seems, and they finally got it done. D'Angelo Russell is coming back to Los Angeles. Um, does this really make a difference for them? No, I think they've upgraded their roster slightly. Um, but it will be interesting to see if they could actually make a run now with these players because I understand that it's a different scheme now, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that trade works out. As for the other trade that happened late last night, and I'm sure everyone is wondering about it, the Kevin Durant trade. So Kevin Durant last night was traded to the Phoenix Suns. Um, the news is that the owner, the new owner of the Brooklyn Nets, talked with KD, and KD really wanted to find a better situation, and they got it done. So he's on his way to Phoenix. Um, I believe him and TJ Warren are going to Phoenix, and Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four first-round picks, four, are going to the Brooklyn Nets. So Brooklyn is really upgrading at the wing position. They're going to be a tough team to score against with all their wings. It will be interesting to see if they keep Jay Crowder. There's talks that Jay Crowder might be on the move. Um, And the deadline, I believe, is over at 4 p.m. today. So, you know, a lot has happened. I'm sure more trades are going to go down. Uh, I don't know if our Celtics will make any. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I just wanted to give my quick take on that. So, as for the game last night against Philly, wow, what a game, I must say. That is probably the most gritty win that we have had this season. Um, Considering everything that happened with the injuries, um, once again, let me reiterate, no Rob, no Al, no Marcus, and Jalen goes down only 18 minutes in. Um, Jalen suffered a facial fracture um, with an inverted elbow from Tatum. And it seems like he's going to be sidelined for quite some time. So, you know, not the best news that we wanted to hear. He's probably going to miss the All-Star game, probably going to rest through the All-Star break, and hopefully he can come back afterwards. So that was a tough blow in itself. 
But nonetheless, the Celtics got the win. Final score was 106 to 99. And again, a gritty win. Tatum had his lowest scoring game. He only scored 12 points, but he finished with eight rebounds and nine assists. And guys that stepped up, once again, Derek White, Blake Griffin even, Blake Griffin, people, doesn't really play a lot, but he got his number called, and he played phenomenal. 15 points, he hit five threes. I was genuinely shocked that he was hitting all these threes. Genuinely shocked. It was crazy to see. Um, Grant Williams had a very fantastic game. He had guarded Joel Embiid for most of the game, and I think his physicality really showed some effect on Embiid. Obviously, you know, Embiid is going to get his. He finished with 28 points in 39 minutes, but he was a minus three on the game, so he wasn't as effective as people might think. So credit to Grant. Um, and let me talk about the bench. The bench unit played phenomenal. Malcolm Brogdon, 19 points. Sam Hauser, 14 points. 4-4 four, four from three. Even Luke Cornett played well. Malcolm Brogdon finished with t- plus 10, plus minus. Sam Hauser, plus 7. Cornett, plus 6. Pritchard, plus 4. The bench unit was very effective when they came out there. And that needs to happen sometimes when you have tons of injuries. Guys just need to step up when they get their number called. So it was really refreshing to see the bench play very well. And I love seeing Malcolm Brogdon be efficient. I really do. So obviously, you know, we talked about how the backcourt would play for Philly. And it's kind of crazy to me that nowadays um, we're not really seeing a lot of Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey scored six points on three of 14 shooting. Um, I still have high hopes for him. I'm not really sure what the situation is going on there in Philly. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Doc handles that. However, I don't think... I'm not really sure what's going on. But I think the Celtics play good defense on the perimeter for the most part. Um, James Harden still had an efficient night shooting, um, and we really can't, you know, dive into the free throws too much. It didn't seem like it was so out of hand because we all know Philadelphia, you know, shoots a ton of free throws every time they're on national television. Um, but they only shot, uh, 15 free throws, excuse me. And we only shot, I believe we shot, mm, not that many free throws either. I think we shot 10 free throws. So... There wasn't too many free throws in this game, and I was actually kind of surprised by that because, you know, some of these some of these plays that I was watching were very physical, and nothing was called. Um, sometimes I prefer it that way, you know, let these players play, and then there are other times where there are blatant calls, and you need to make a decision if you're the refs. But, you know, free throws weren't out of hand. thought the Celtics played very well, um, you know. I talked about it a little bit last episode, see if they're going to shoot the ball well, which they did. Sam Hauser, once again, 4-4 four, four from 3. And for Sam, I think it's big on him catching and shooting. I think too many times he does these pull-up threes, and it's not the most efficient shot for him. But if he can just get catch-and-shoot threes in rhythm, I think he has a higher chance of making the three. I think he shoots 40% from three now. Um, he's always back up, you know, to the forties. So if he can find ways and if we can find ways to get him open on catching shoot, then I think we're in good spot. 
So that's the game. Um, once again, you know, credit to Grant, credit to Luke, credit to Blake. Those guys stepped up. Um, hopefully Jalen comes back soon. We will see on that. We haven't really heard too much yet. We know it's a facial fracture, but due to Joe's press conference last night, he says he hasn't heard anything yet, so that may change later in the day. So, that is the game. Now, I want to talk about, since today is trade deadline day, huge day, huge. Um, I have been seeing some rumors on Twitter and on other places about what the Celtics could do. So, before I start, I think we should reiterate that the Celtics do not need to make a move at this deadline. They don't. Um, they can stay patient. They don't, again, they're the best team in the NBA with the best record. That doesn't necessarily, you don't need to go out and make a move unless it's for a big, which I think is the top priority for them. Big depth. I mean, as you can see last night, we were playing with Blake Griffin and Luke Cornett as our bigs. So, but the Jakob Pertle trade happened last night, and he went to the Toronto Raptors for, I believe, uh, Birch on the Raptors and um, unprotected first-round pick. I could be wrong about that, um, but he's on his way to Toronto, so his name is out. Um, it seemed unlikely that the Celtics were going to be able to get him anyway, um, but he's off the board. Um, and now it is interesting that Mo Bamba's name is actually coming up now in these trade talks. Um, I think Mo Bamba would be a good fit. He's obviously not as good as a player as Pirtle, but I believe that he will be of use so it'll be interesting now whether or not bomba will get moved will be that'll be the question um i don't know what orlando's situation is on how they i mean they have it seems to me that they have a talented roster they're just not there yet so if they do decide to get rid of bomba the celtics could be in the running for him um Gallo's name has been coming up, and obviously Peyton Pritchard's name has been coming up due to the comments, you know, Pritchard's been saying the last few weeks. I mean, and I, I love Pritchard. I really do. But I also believe that he deserves to have significant minutes. On, I mean, obviously I wish it was with us, but due to our depth in the backcourt, he's not really going to get a lot of time unless there's so many injuries. But he deserves to be on a team where he can get significant minutes. Um, and I would root for him if he went to a different team. I honestly would. So, um, if that does happen, that'll be, you know, it, I don't think it'll be a total shock to many people. So, you know, we still have plenty of time. I think we have about six hours or so until the deadline's over. Um, and a lot... <laughs> Usually, a lot happens within these, you know, the 24-hour mark. Um, I think the most of the, excuse me, blockbuster trades have been completed. But now the smaller deals are going to start to happen around the league where people, you know, start to make moves. So, 
as of right now, nothing else has happened. But we'll see going forward if anything changes. So quickly, I want to talk about... I actually had an opportunity to listen to uh, J.J. Reddick's podcast with um, Mike Breen as his guest. And I have a lot of respect for J.J. Um, I think he's really making it big in uh, the basketball, like, analyst standpoint um, now that he's a retired player. Um, And I really like how he dissects the game. Um, He really, you know, is passionate about um, certain things such as, like, offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating, you know, efficiency and all that. And that's cool. Um, But he also talked about, and I'll speak on this briefly, you know, the LeBron scoring record. So LeBron, as everyone knows, broke the scoring record a couple nights ago against the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was a huge event. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. He passed the ball. He passed the torch to LeBron. It was a great moment for the NBA, truly. Um, and there are still people that discredit LeBron for not being a great scorer, which to me is idiotic. I don't understand how you could say he's not a great scorer when he has scored more points than anyone, anyone in the NBA, ever, all time now. He holds that record. So is he not as skilled as other scorers have come by, like Jordan and Kobe and so on and so forth? No, but that doesn't really matter if... You're at the top. You're at the top of the scoring list. So, and I think that was JJ's point, is that you don't have to be incredibly skilled. Like, what does it matter? Like, just give him credit, which I agreed with. Um, I think it's an incredible accomplishment. Um, We will see Jason Tatum break it in about 12 years. So, I mean, it's not going to hold that long. But, you know, it's still an incredible accomplishment um, to add to LeBron's resume of what he's already done. So congrats to him. And yeah, I just wanted to quickly talk about JJ and his podcast. Um, if you guys are fans of that, I would go listen to it. Uh, it's the old man in the three. Um, I usually tune in every now and then, depending on the guest. Um, Mike Breen was his last guest and I have a lot of, I love Mike Breen. Um, I think he's the best voice in basketball he just really is passionate every time I watch a game that he broadcast it's that much better it really is that much better um especially in the NBA finals like there's nothing that comes close to it in sports in my opinion so I just wanted to quickly talk about that so as of now Rumors have been spreading around, not rumors, I should say, but things have been spreading around about Grant and him re-signing with us and how much his contract is going to be and so on. Do I think Grant is a $20 million per year guy? That is a little... It's hard to measure sometimes how much a guy is worth. 
because number one, he comes off the bench. Does he start? Yes. I mean, he started last night and he does start games occasionally. But if everyone's healthy, he's on the bench. He is, he's one of the few guys, he's one of the first guys off the bench. So is he a 20 million per year guy? I don't know the answer to that. I think he's around 16 to 18. Um, but he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, everyone's going to try and make a bid for him, no doubt. Uh, Grant's development as a player has been uh, nothing short of amazing. Um, when he first came into the league, it was crazy. He couldn't even make – he missed his first 20 three-point attempts. And now look at him. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Um, credit to him working with Lethal Shooter. He really put the time in and, you know – not only does he have catch-and-shoot threes, but now he has off-the-dribble threes, and now he has a floater game. And, you know, his development has been really good to see. I still remember to this day in the bubble when we were playing Toronto in Game 7 where he guarded Van Fleet on the perimeter and came up with that huge block. Like, he's come a long way since then. Um, so I think Grant deserves a good contract, and I think Brad will take care of that. But... 20 million is, you know, that's the talk. 20 million a year. Um, and there's still plenty of time for him to earn that because he's going to get paid. There's no doubt about it. He's going to get paid. So we'll see if he's able to increase his worth because he's already worth a lot. But he could still do himself plenty of justice if he keeps playing well. Now that we've talked about everything else, Celtics next game tomorrow against Charlotte at home. Um, obviously, we don't expect Marcus to be back. We don't expect Jalen to be there. Obviously, could we see Rob? Um, it's tough to say. I believe we might not see him because it's um, it's Charlotte and. You don't really necessarily need to. It's an ankle sprain for Rob. And the thing with Rob all the time is just manage him appropriately. Um, he's not necessarily fragile, but anytime he, you know, and this is not related to the knee. It's an ankle sprain. So this is a little bit different, but I still think you need to manage him appropriately. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him on Friday night. Uh, Al, I believe we will. But I don't foresee Rob playing. I could be wrong on that. But I don't think he needs to play against Charlotte because it's Charlotte and the Celtics should win that game. So we'll see. It's, you know, it's a hard job as a coach to figure out how you want to manage your players when they're managing injuries. He was a late-game scratch, I believe, Rob, for last night. He could have played, it seemed like, um, but they ended up pulling the plug on him a little early. Um, and now he'll have today to rest, and then he'll have all day tomorrow to rest as well. So, again, we could potentially see him. I'm not too sure. I don't think they should play him. But... Again, a lot can happen from now until Friday night. That being said, 
Um, it, again, trade deadline day. Do the Celtics make a move? Do they not? I'm in the position that I do not believe they need to make a move unless it seems right in the case of can we dump assets and get a good guy in return? Like, can you can you get rid of a Pritchard and a Gallinari and potentially a first-round pick for a big? Because obviously we know Vanderbilt is off the board and Pirtle's off the board. Could we see Olenek come back up in discussions? Could we see Nas Reed come back up? Um, just because the Timberwolves just completed a trade does not mean that they're done. Um, in many cases, sometimes teams still like to dump assets even after a trade. It just depends on the position that they're in. Minnesota's in such a weird place right now, I think. Um Obviously, they beat the Jazz last night, um, but we'll see. It, it depends on depends on a lot of things. I don't believe that they could be done. I also think that I'm of the position that if it's if it's too much, then don't bother. I think Brad's been very smart as a GM as of late since he's taken office. And I think he's made nothing but right moves. Um, so I trust him. I, I trust that he'll make the right decision. I trust that he knows what's best for this team and who fits well. And again, I can't say this enough. They have the best record in the NBA. Like they've been, like they've been a little rocky lately, but they've been the best team in the NBA this season. So there's no reason why you have to go out and make another move. So stand pat. If anything happens, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm of the mindset, don't make a move. So I have faith in Brad. We'll see what Brad decides to do. As of right now, there is no news on... Yeah, the only news is that, obviously, Jalen with the facial fracture... But as of right now, there's no trade rumors going around. And I don't really foresee us making a deal. Mo Bamba's the obvious answer. Um, but other than that, we don't, we don't need to make a move. Um, but that's almost going to do it for this show. I don't really have too much else to speak about. Uh, the game against Philly, you know, I always love beating Philly because, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of their city. Um, and it's always nice getting a win against them. A gritty win at that. Seriously, a gritty win. You know, a lot of guys down. We held them to 99 points. A fully healthy Philadelphia team, by the way. Fully healthy. So, we... I, to me, we should not have been in that game. Philly should have won, but it just shows you how much of a good team the Celtics are with their depth and how well they're coached by Joe. It really go, it just really is a good testament to how well that they do. Um, so I'm very proud of the C's. They really played well. Again, Tatum scored 12 points and they still won. Um, that tells you a lot. So. Celtics have a few games before the All-Star break. Obviously, we have the game against Charlotte tomorrow. Um, I will hopefully be able to do a show 
after that, maybe on Saturday, possibly. If not, I will wait until the end of the weekend and start again on Monday. So I hope you guys all have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the trade deadline because you know it's going to be madness in there. Um, I look forward to the game on Friday night. You know, Celtics are at home, ESPN, 7, uh, 7.30, I believe. Uh, countdown starts at 7, unless you guys watch on your local network. And other than that, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. I hope you guys have a good rest of your day, and go seize.